Hi everyone, welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is April 24th, 2018. Prime Minister and his wife returned from Mar-a-Lago, President Trump's estate in Florida. Two rounds of golf, maybe three rounds of golf in fact, a rather successful trip, but he came back to an alligator swamp in Tokyo, Michael. This was supposed to be, when it was planned a few weeks back and a few months back, that this was going to be a grand celebration of the bromance between two of the very most important leaders of the world. Right. Uh, and that was the way that Mr. Abe's people looked at it. I'm not sure what the, what the White House saw in all of it just basically to reaffirm that there's someone who does really want to meet. Uh, Somebody's right. knocking at the door, Mr. It, President. It is, it's, yes, it's, Mr., it's Mr. Abe. Uh, but Damn it, the timing. The timing was terrible. Yeah. Uh, the timing, it, what happened is, is that Abe goes weakened by the scandals that his administration has been hobbled with. Uh, some of them are small, some of them are big, it depends on, but anyway, that they're eating away at his popularity. And he goes to Mar-a-Lago and a President Trump who is himself embroiled in scandals and because of that is completely distracted and, and it really has time to be there and pretend to be president, right. but his mind is completely elsewhere. I heard a lot of critical comments lodged at the prime minister that he went there, he didn't do anything, he wasn't even able to make much of a success, and he comes back with his hat still in his hands. I don't know if that's accurate. What do you think? I think that he did the basics, which was not get terribly humiliated by Trump, which was a distinct possibility when he was heading there, because we've had a series of reversals of the relationship between Japan and the United right. States. And even during the visit, uh, Mr. Trump's commitment to the TPP, which he floated just before the visit right. began, and then yanked out of as Abe was in the United States, uh, wow, that could have concession, that, please. Anything that would that would let look bad. But he seemed to have at least escaped without <clears throat> having a situation where he was seen merely as some kind of you know uh, like an ashtray on right. uh, just a, a prop. <clears throat> they they did seem to have some kind of discussion, and there there were announcements of ideas to go forward, right. such as this idea to talk about talking about a bilateral. Uh, FDA to replace TPP and from the Japanese side they could portray it as easing America back into the TPP. Mm -hmm. Both sides could get something out of it. So that on the overall, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Right, right. A lot of people are, are pretty much um, guided by the atmospherics, the, the bromance, you know, the awkward kind of um, fist pump that didn't look very good. And also uh, the, the Prime Minister skirting across the President's line as he he swung, did you see that on, on TV? I've tried to stay away okay, from well, the, the visuals. I mean, they catch the, the, the most awkward moments, like the prime minister tumbling no, into that, the sand. That, that for me is, should never be challenged in terms of, of political, <laughs> That's uh, right. poli falling head over heels in love. Uh, right. that, that really, is, it cannot be surpassed. But also golf is, is a way that uh, President Trump avoids issues mm -hmm. and, and, and avoids dealing with uh, the mess that he has created. So it, it's, Yes, it's a feature of bromance, but it also is Abe participating in what is the seeming corruption of the United States. I don't know. A lot of people said the same thing. They said, you know, what is this? He's going, he's a head of state. He's going to the United States. He's playing golf. What the hell? But, you know, if you could play three rounds of golf with the president of the United States, that's, 
That's better than sitting in a meeting with 16 other guys in a room for 60 minutes, wouldn't well, you say? Well, that, you're not if you're the opposition here in Japan who wants to say, okay, what have well, you done anything. that's substantive? He and put too thing, much, much mustard on his hot dog. Okay, whatever in that regard. But right. still, also his rivals in the party. The rivals- They're starting to come up. They're start, they, the moment he left, they started just talking trash about him left and right. Ishiba and Kishida, uh, to a lesser extent, began to just say all yeah. kinds of things and started talking about September and saying, you know, the, the diet's not going anywhere right now. We, the, the How maybe, much more time we, do we have left? We, we, yes. You know, we need a, an LD, <clears throat> I mean, my favorite line that now Kishida and Ishiba are sharing is, we need an LDP that listens to the people. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, that wounding of the prime minister's image. That How quickly these daggers are unsheathed. They are, and they were certainly were unsheathed the moment he got on the plane. Right, uh, and a quick and trip, it felt a lot longer. He was gone for three days, two days there, a day there, a day back. You know, about four days he was gone in total. It sure seemed like a it long sure time. It sure seemed a long time because they, they did a, a, lot a, a lot happened while he was away. And mm -hmm. so with that atmosphere, the, the, the other rivals in the party, which who, who felt really down mm -hmm. about a month ago because, well, it, it seemed that they were gonna get past the Moritomo Gakuen scandal. It seemed that the, the administration was gonna get, not, people had forgotten about Kake Gakuen. Quicksand. And that, that he, he had somehow gotten past all of that. Mm -hmm. And the, the polls were showing that, in fact, cabinet support was gone an uptick. And then we had, two weeks ago, the, the, the collapse. And they, they now feel September is now an open question. Mm -hmm. uh, a third election would be unprecedented, and we need some real justification yeah. to give him something that nobody else gets. Right. And they're, say, they're, they're putting forward the, the proposition that no. And the only thing that could have really changed matters is if Abe could show, I can arm wrestle with Donald Trump and get him to concede. Mm -hmm. on things, and I have him in my pocket. Because that's basically what his sales point is now back here in Tokyo. Right, you're rather dour on the prime minister being able to succeed for a third term. I don't think that's possible, because I don't think that w without Donald Trump's clear imprimatur on everything that Mr. Abe does, that, that, that without his blessing, right. uh, that Abe can be replaced. The mm -hmm. whole thing is that it was the Abe-Trump bromance that Abe personally, and that was, that was the risk that he took when he made that first trip immediately after the election, went right. to Trump Tower. And Great gamble. It was a gamble, but he did it himself without mm -hmm. advance preparation, right. without lower levels people to share the burden and to share the blame with him. Right. And then he did the same thing after the inauguration, being, you know, rushing to over there mm -hmm. again one-on-one -on -one with the president, not, not working through the system, not that there was ever a system on the American side, nobody had been chosen for any of the positions uh, in, in defense or in right. state. But nevertheless, there was, it was, it's been a hands-on, Conte-driven, Abe-driven process, and Abe now pays the price. But I sense you're couching your, your, your gamble just a little bit. It's not all based on the Trump Abe relationship. There are a lot of things that can happen now going forward. We've got, uh, you know, the North Korea issue coming up. He could, you know, benefit from whatever deal is carved by Trump in North Korea, assuming something is done. I, I imagine something 
positive will come out of that. That's a whole other episode, which we can't get into. But basically, I don't think that that uh, the Japan is in a very good position in terms of North Korea. Yes, at the summit, Mr. Trump again uh, played to Abe's base, which was to make comments uh, in support of the abductees. Abductees, huge issue. It's a huge issue for Abe. Mm-hmm and his political career, and it has been since he was ever you know, considered likely to become a prime minister, and it was, it's what catapulted him into the prime ministership, the premiership the first time. Maybe that's why he wants it so bad. Uh, but, and, but, but, but of course, it's ever, if it's ever resolved, it's gone as something he can rely on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has sort of an ambivalent viewpoint about it. Not that mm-hmm. he'd ever say that. <laughs> he would never tell you, you know, if they could just hold off until my last year right. uh, but to return, that would be great. Uh-huh. Uh, he obviously can't say that, but that's certainly there's that incentive. But more than that, it's just simply that that was a gesture, and it cost Trump yes. nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what Abe gets. He got a reaffirmation, not, a, not new things. He got a reaffirmation of things they had already discussed. Yeah. And that's all he could get. And the, again, rivals within the LDP say, if just getting what we had before is victory, I can do that. Right. His approval rating is at a, a significant low, isn't it? It has- 26%? No, well, depending on the poll, I, I, I don't like the, the low, quoting the low numbers because that gives a false idea of the, of the volatility. I like Kyodo because it's sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they've got him at around 37, 38% okay. supporting the cabinet. But that means that 50%, close to 50% of the people don't support the cabinet. And that's really, really tough for all the difficult things that need to be decided and all the things that have to be sold to the public, right. it's making it impossible to sell the, the primary idea, which is constitutional revision. Everybody knows there is no way a constitutional amendment is going to pass while Abe is prime minister. The poll numbers for it are way above 50%. They will, most people will say, we will never vote for anything. If it's a constitutional amendment, you know, glorifying motherhood. If it's Abe, we're not going to vote for it. Does that mean then that the third term is just out of the question? And that's what I'm thinking. Is that for the for the for the party, it would be a declaration. We don't actually care about anything to pick Abe again mm-hmm. because nothing good is going to come of him. He's and and Ishiba, of course, has a, a uh, has a bone to a pick. bone to pick with him. But but um, I was thinking Gen Nakatani, the former defense minister, former GSDF. Uh, he, he said on Sunday on the, one of the Sunday talk shows, he said, you know, the Abe administration is like a, a TV drama in its fourth year, mm-hmm. and the public's getting tired of it. Uh, and yeah, Abe fatigue is, is, is going to, I think, eventually as we get through the summer and these scandal stories continue, we're just going to, we're, we're going to, it's going to push some votes and that's going to make things, and, and, and when it happens, the thing is when, 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 when confidence cracks and it doesn't seem inevitable, the pieces fall away much faster yeah, than do. anyone can ever ever imagine. I have a different take on it, though, if you don't mind. Sure. I think Abe will go for a third term. I think he'll get the third term because in the polls that they've issued, the business people, leaders of business and industry and, and the bureaucrats, too, who also vote, over 75% of them are okay with the stability and continuity of an Abe regime. And I think that will carry him forward. Whether he gets the constitutional revision vote or not, I think he's, I think he's actually quite solid. Well, he, okay, when he came back, 
the first thing he did when he came back, he, well, after after the formality of telling the prime of telling the emperor, "Hi, I'm back." Right. Uh, but the the first uh, political meeting he went to was a political meeting of LDP local officials, uh, of Chihou, mm-hmm. Gin, and 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 and, and uh, elected officials from the local areas, and people who were checking out the floor and for comments said, you know, I mean, yeah, he's there. We don't know how to get rid of him because, of course, they don't, they don't have a lot of pull in the, right. in the LDP election. But if we try to, to run and he's our leader of the party, we're done for. Okay. Uh, and uh, that, you know, and that is something that Ishiba Shigeru is very sensitive to because when they had the 2012 LDP presidential election, mm-hmm. he won in the districts. He won the local districts overwhelmingly, and by that means was the number one finisher in the first round. Mm-hmm. And Abe was only saved by his fellow LDP members in the Diet right. in the second round. Uh, the the local the local officials again, they're 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 getting worried, and that's going to open some doors, I think, for rivals in the party. We can't leave this issue, Michael, un- until we talk about Don Corleone and and the weight that it has on this administration. The finance minister has dealing with his own issues. I think he's he's handling it pretty well, but it looks like people are taking umbrage at his aloofness. Well, you should explain to the audience what you're Don't talking about, because <laughs> the, the, the the reference is to to the finance minister's hats, right? And his and his and scarves his and his 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 tailor. Yes, it's all beautifully gangster. It's and, and he's surrounded by this. Phalanx of of you know ministry officials, black and the, suits. The second round is you know the photographers and the the guys trying to take a, a soundbite. It's, it's, it's all a, very impressive. It's very impressive. It's fun visually, but Mr. Abe is in a total bind regarding the finance ministry and Mr. Aso's management. If you could call, he can't it. dump him. He can't dump him because Aso. I'm not going to quote the very famous phrase. The, about you know being in the tent or out of the tent, right. but if you if you are going to have Aso as someone in your party, you want him on the inside firing his his weapon out rather than on the outside firing his weapon in. Mm-hmm. And if you if he gets if he gets thrown out, then the leadership election is entirely up for grabs because he has a lot of faction members who can vote for someone other than Abe. Unlikely to happen. Why not? The, the, the uh, Minister of Finance resigning and keeping the, the cabinet in place, that would cause too much turmoil. But the thing is, is that he's on the, he's on the books for the, for the Sagawa and, and Moritomo Gakuen. Right. He's on the books for the, the sexual, sex har- right. sexual harassment uh, by his vice minister. Uh, and it's one scandal after another in finance. Now, true, uh, there's no law and there's no regulation that says the finance minister has to resign. Right. But nevertheless, it's becoming a little bit difficult to justify him still being there if he's not managing the issues. Mm-hmm. And, and in the diet, it's been terrible optics. I don't have to talk about this. This is not important. The, the, the fonts could have been a lot larger. The fonts could have been larger. To dismiss, uh, at this time period, when there are you know, significantly more women voters than there are men voters, to dismiss women's issues as I couldn't read it because the font was too small. That, therefore, it's not that important. Yeah, right. I, is ext- I think he, he has to go. But if he goes, Mr. Abe's 
looking at a loss in September. This next two weeks will be critical for the Prime Minister. You should stay tuned because this story isn't over yet. Join us now, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Inside Baseball. Inside Baseball is our segment that we focus on an issue so much so that we lose almost everybody except you policy wonks. Today, our issue is North Korea. What in the heck is going on? My guest is Brad Glosserman. Brad, welcome. Thank you. Thank you also for putting the bat down. I was a little concerned. Well, we are talking about North Korea. There's a lot going on there. You and I have known each other for more than 30 years. A long time. A long time. Right. I first met you when we started our first diet door knock under the auspices of the American Chamber of Commerce. That's right. I remember you walking through the fountain in the lobby of the Okra Hotel. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. No Erase that one. You're, you are doing a lot of things now. You're, you're at a, a university here in Tokyo. You're now ensconced here in Tokyo. You're making the rounds. You're having a couple of talks. Thank you for joining us on Tokyo on Fire. Great. To what else here. are you doing? Well, I've moved back here October the 1st after 16, 17 years in Hawaii. I was running a think tank there. I still retain a position there as senior advisor at Pacific Forum. But uh, now I am a visiting professor at the Tama University Center for Rulemaking Strategies, and that's my day-get job. I read a lot of articles that you publish. You've got a, a new book that's in the works. You published a book last year. You are really turning it out. I'm on fire. Yes. These hands are, are, are scorched. Blessed by God. Yes. Well, or something. How in the heck did you get this, this access, this familiarity with North Korea that makes you such a popular hit on, uh, on talk shows like this? Uh, lies, deception, <laughs> um, the general exaggerations. Okay. And, 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 it uh, works? Well, actually, it's, it's, it's a fairly natural process. I was here for 10 years as a member of the editorial board of the Japan Times working on international affairs. Uh, you know, meeting people like you, hanging out in the international crowd, and then 17 years as a think tanker working precisely on regional security issues. Yeah. Um, and a, a part of those discussions were, you know, focusing on the strategic issues, the 35,000-foot questions of how we keep the region stay safe and stable. And among the folks that I got to meet and talk to were North Koreans. And so, obviously, if you're going to talk about regional security and stability in a regional order, the North Koreans are a big part of that picture. So understanding right. North Korea and where it fits in is absolutely critical. Uh, the last time I saw you speak publicly, it was at Temple University, and you gave a kind of a regional overview. It was really stunning and, and excellent, uh, the way you integrated those things. Today, I'd like to focus on North Korea and what's going on. There's so much going on. There's a, a meeting between the South Korean president and the North Korean leader to be followed by potentially uh, Mr. Trump and the North Korean leader, followed thereby, perhaps, with Mr. Abe, who knows? And don't forget you missed the meeting with Xi Jinping, the Chinese supreme leader, a few weeks ago. Right. So a lot is going on. What's the prognosis? Uh, it's, you know, may you live in interesting times is a Chinese curse. I think mm -hmm. that's the best way to think of it. There's a lot of movement going on. I think this is all, however, been largely anticipated. I mean, if you were reading the tea leaves and looking at the developments, it was fairly easy to see what was coming. It's all been in train, frankly, since the beginning of the year when Kim Jong-un, the North Korean leader, made his New Year's speech where he's kind of extended a, 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 an olive branch to the South Koreans, basically saying, we want to join your Olympics. Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, the South Koreans were eager to have that opportunity, seized it. And that became a process of rapprochement. The conversations mm -hmm. began. You know, the things that the North Koreans want more than anything else is a dialogue with the United States, preferably one that acknowledges them as equals. And a photograph of Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump, a sitting United States president, unprecedented, will go a long way towards that. I think they'll get that, though. Oh, that's a... Um, 
a, a lot can happen between now and then. I mean, I would say we're on the right trajectory, mm -hmm. and I do think that summetry is valuable, and I think meetings and diplomacy are good. Truthfully, I am not convinced that a meeting between Mr. Kim and Mr. Trump is in the best interest of, of both nations in the world, uh, and we can talk about that. But nonetheless, the more opportunities we have to, to talk to and begin to understand better and begin, if you will, create a, a larger diplomatic framework for engagement, I'm all for it. He went on TV just the other day and said, we are stopping our nuclear program. Uh, he said we're freezing our nuclear program, and I don't think it's that big a deal, number one. He also said uh, back in October, November of last year that we've put an ICBM out with a, uh, a, a, a warhead on it. He said on Saturday we don't have to test anymore, so suspending a program when you've already said you've pretty much gone as far as you need to go uh, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, the nuclear test site is what they call a sick mountain, mm -hmm. and it, there's a danger of it collapsing and releasing all this radioactive gas, so there's some really questions about whether or not they could have conducted any tests there at all. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. That's right. No, it's not, you know, just uh, take us at our word. Mm -hmm. And of course, all of the things that he, so he's, he's making promises that sound good mm -hmm. with uh, very little uh, that he's actually giving up. And that's a great place to be when you're beginning negotiations. Oh, no, the, I, I think that's okay, but there, there is a tip for a tat. I'm going to give up my nuclear program. I've, I find that very difficult to swallow, uh, but I'll do that but you guys have to, you know, denuclearize South Korea. I think that's a, a, a real... South Korea is denuclearized. <clears throat> I mean, that's the interesting piece of this puzzle. I mean, if, if and, and that's, I mean, that's really the magic question, mm -hmm. is what does denuclearization mean? Right. And, I mean, if you want to remove nuclear weapons from the Korean Peninsula, it's fairly easy. North Korea gets rid of theirs, because they're the only ones that exist. Mm -hmm. uh, if you wish to get rid of uh, nuclear energy, well, the North Koreans have a couple of plants, but they're really research reactors. They're not actually generating power. South Korea, President Moon has said, we want to get rid of it, so they're on the right path. Mm. Um, so it's not really clear why you've got a big problem here, unless, of course, perhaps the North Koreans mean something different by denuclearization than we do. And that, I have a pretty good feeling, is really what's going on. I think okay. what the North Koreans want is the elimination, if you will, of any nuclear capability or nuclear threat to them, which basically means then an end to the United States alliance with South Korea, the withdrawal of United States troops, perhaps the removal of the extended deterrent, not only over South Korea, but of Japan as well. Um, and so denuclearization in this context means considerably more than merely North Korea getting rid of its weapons. Right. There are some people that are saying President Trump will get the Nobel Prize if he can pull this sucker off. I think that's probably pretty accurate, but I would, yeah. there's, a, there's a long lead time here, right? No, uh, um, that's one way to put it. I, I mean, it, sure, if he could denuclearize North Korea in the sense that you and I mean it, that, mm -hmm. that most people do, sure, he would deserve the Nobel Prize to the degree that he was responsible, and let's be very clear that there are a lot of people giving him credit for things that maybe eh, maybe he doesn't deserve, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, if, if they're prepared to let him to have the... To have it, then like, who should we, why are we to be churlish and deny that? From? Sure. But the question is, in fact, where will we, will we get there? And I think that there is, the, the larger issue and the more troubling one is to what degree is this president more concerned with A, doing the unprecedented, B, doing what he can't be told, what he's been told he cannot do, and C, striking a deal just to strike the deal mm -hmm. to make sure that he hasn't wasted his time and, and, and pulled something out of this hat and then what will the content of that deal be? I mean, it could just be ultimately uh, you know, some sort of fig leaf, and if that's, a, if that's all it is, we can live with that. Maybe incremental the, steps, right. Oh, that's what, it, incremental steps is all there's going to be. We're not gonna wake up and discover, okay, here we go, everybody's ripping everything up and taking everything down and mm -hmm. turning it out. If you go back to those six party talks that were the multilateral negotiations that the Chinese hosted that began in 2003 and 2004, and lasted uh, roughly till 2008 or nine, they broke down before that. 
But I mean, the whole process then was, as they say, action words for words and action for actions. Right. It was always incremental. That's the only way we were mm. going to get anywhere. Trust but verify. Uh, even more than that. I mm -hmm. mean, we don't even trust. No, we don't. No, but we definitely need to verify. And and that would require boots on the ground of, of some description. IAE, most likely. Right. Who, but, who would go through the tunnels, who would be checking out these, these sites and testing the water? Well, doing uh, more than that. Um, drinking the Kool-Aid, perhaps. Um, I, I mean, if you go back to, in fact, the six-party talks, there was an agreement in 2005 to denuclearize the, 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 the peninsula, to, to, for North Korea to eliminate its nuclear program. Where that eventually collapsed was in the intervening year between 2005 when they made that statement, 2006 in September, when they uh, tested their first nuclear device, was the failure of North Korea to put on the table and to actually identify all of their nuclear facilities in a way that the rest of the world could verify mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a genuine way what they had and to actually prove the, the, their commitment to the process. There are two issues that I see that are just uh, real sticking points. Number one, whatever they say, you can't trust it because they've, they, they've fallen back time and time again. They've made promises, they've received money, and then nothing happened. And the second, the second issue is the abductees. Uh, the second issue is an important one for the Japanese, but I'm, I mean, to be crude, I don't think anyone else much cares for the president's statements notwithstanding, and your comments in the previous segment notwithstanding mm -hmm. as well. Um, the fact is, I, I think, uh, the big issue is the fact that the North Koreans have never honored an agreement that they struck since, two, since 1994, so 25 years of violations. Uh, and there have been a, a serial, uh, a number of these. The, the larger question really, I think, is to what degree is there sufficient trust and sufficient capacity to build the foundation for a workable agreement? Uh, the fact is, is that the North Koreans don't trust the South Koreans. The fact is, is that the South Koreans don't trust the North Koreans. The North Koreans don't trust us. We don't trust them. Uh, the Chinese and the North Koreans don't like each other either. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's enough mistrust uh, uh, to go around. Mm -hmm. The primary issue, though, it seems to me, at the end of the day, is, is that North Korea needs these weapons to survive. Mm -hmm. That you know, that North Korea is very much concerned that it has nothing else to compete with the South. That's counterintuitive. Uh, not why. Because it takes so much money to, to do this, and it's, it's not like they're building a market to sell these outside. They're just building this to protect themselves. And in the meantime, you know, it appears that the rest of the country is impoverished. Well, I, first of all, the suggestions are that the, the economy is getting better. I mean, Kim Jong-un has, has, has created what they call the Byungjin line, which is both the development of the military, which has been the policy of his father, and then the simultaneous development of the economy. The economists will tell you that while it is in sad, sad circumstances, in fact, the North Korean economy has is recovered in the last couple of years and doing better. It could do better than that, than it is. The problem is, at any degree, you know, the North Korea, if the con chief concern of the Kim regime is regime survival, not survival of the state, but the, uh, Kim right. staying on top the of dynasty. the of the but dynasty, you can't afford to open it, you know, your doors too wide because that could erode your, your, your legitimacy. So the question then becomes, at what point does he have to really, you know, keep, if you will, society locked down? And at what point does that conflict with the dictates and the survival or the, or the flourishing of the economy? And I would seems to me that if you've written the possession, your, your status as a nuclear weapon state into your constitution, you have a pretty hard time erasing that clause, especially when you just had it written in. Yeah. So across yeah. the board, it looks to me as though North Korea has made a calculation that it is not going to survive without its nuclear capabilities. And, and, forget, and, and this is a little abstract, but I think it's important. 
I mean, don't forget that there is a civil war that's going that, that is still going on in in Korea, and there is a competition between Pyongyang and Seoul as to who is the rightful leader, claimed to be the rightful leader of the Korean people. North Korea has two possible claims for this. Number one, this Juche ideology, which is independence, which is a lot of hoo-ha because they are, of course, dependent upon largesse from the rest of the world to survive. So independence is just sort of silly. And the second is their nuclear capabilities. Certainly, South Korea produces more economically in a single day than North Korea produces over a year. There is no way that under any other standard, North Korea can claim legitimately to compete. So this is, and, and, and you know, you and I may dismiss this as kind of being a bunch of silliness, but nevertheless, it is really important as a way to mobilize the people of North Korea, and in fact, certain parts, I mean, there are, let's face it, pockets of North Korean sympathizers in the South as well. And thus, the, North, the nuclear weapons are really key right. to keeping South, in that competition. Hard it's, sell. Which part? It's a hard sell. I mean, if you're going to have a rapprochement with the, the United States, with Japan, with South Korea, to give up that that you hold most dear, it's really, um, it's, really it's, difficult. It's not only a hard sell. It's, I mean, you also have to remember that there are constituencies in North Korea that are bound up very closely to this nuclear program, that giving it up, it, it takes certain risk. And maybe, you know, don't forget too, that Kim Jong-un, the, 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 the young marshal, is young, still relatively right. inexperienced yes. with all the people that he's killed. There's a lot of guys are in, in, that remain in the power structure that are suspicious of him and probably would just as be happy to see him brought down a peg or two, if not replaced. Where are these meetings gonna be held? Nobody knows. Okay, so it, that's kind of undecided, but it needs to be some neutral third place. Not necessarily. There's been some talk of it being in Pan The 38th? Pan, yeah, Pam and John. I mean, Mongolia is an option. Uh, Beijing, the Chinese would love to host it. Right. Uh, my Geneva is a possibility. Switzerland, maybe Sweden, but uh, nobody knows. But this is all gonna happen within the next three months, wouldn't you say? Mm, in theory, May or June. Right, so it's coming up. It's coming, but again, there's plenty that can go wrong. I mean, what will be interesting to see is what comes out of the South Korean meeting that, that's later this week. Uh, I mean, Kim has two, Kim Jong-un has two objectives. The first is his photo op with the president. That's his, the one thing his father and grandfather never got. Right. And that is him standing equal with the US president and him being able to turn to those people in the world and say, we're on equal status. Now, obviously I think he wants to be able, he wants to be accepted as a nuclear weapons state in theory, in the nuclear, I mean, I've been in conversations with North Koreans where they've said we want to be treated like the Russians and the Soviets, and that's ain't going to happen. My guess is they would settle for Pakistan, which is, you know, sort of a carve out on the NPT terms because they never signed. That's not going to happen either. Um, but the, the, the second issue, I think, which is probably more realistic and which is the real danger at this point is the degree to which the South Koreans feel as though they're on the right diplomatic track and are more than inclined to engage with Pyongyang economically to weaken the international sanctions and, you know, if you will, loosen the, the, the pressures and reduce the pressures on the North that have pushed it, I think, into, into this negotiating posture. Because clearly that is an issue. And if the South Koreans defect, then you can count on the Chinese and the Russians to follow quickly as well. And if you do that, what you've really done is fractured the most important coalition, which is the United States, South Korea, and Japan. And that then I think changes the entire regional security dynamic. Right, what's your prognosis? If history's any guide, uh, it's not gonna go anywhere. Uh, as as uh, Victor Cha, a friend of mine and, and, and real expert on South Korea has said, you know, on Korea's, is uh, after every summit is, is, comes a cliff. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's, it's a nice bumper sticker and we seem to live in an age of bumper stickers. Inside Baseball, where we discuss to death an issue of critical contemporary importance. We just finished talking about North Korea. 
Brad Glosserman as my guest. Thank you, Brad. Please stay tuned.